0: This is my, I am what it says I, I can do what it says I do. I can be who it says I can be. Today I will be taught. My mind is a, my heart is receptive. My ears are open and I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same in Jesus name. Amen. Father, thank you for this word. All right, there we go. Back to Isaiah nine, six. Are you in Isaiah? Yeah? Okay, good. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I think this timing is so perfect because we are coming out of the Christmas holidays. We're going into 2020 and everybody's starting to add up their bills. (laughs) Yeah, so you realize that little game box thing that you bought was a little extra than you thought Because you had to get the warranty under it and calculate for that extra $69 And now things are settling in and you're gearing up for New Year's And everybody's beginning to look at their accounts You're beginning to go, wow, that was great, we opened all the gifts and now where's my money? So peace has left your pockets. Right? And you start thinking about all your goals and all the things that you had planned on doing in 2018. You know, I was going to do this. I was going to do that. You know, I'm going to have this. I'm going to be here. I'm going to travel there. I'm going to have this amount of money in my account. My life is going to be this way. And you start evaluating. And as you start evaluating, peace seems to start running away. And so you try to encourage yourself and say, okay, January 1, January 1, January 1, January 1. And we begin to trust in the calendar more than we trust in God. Because we think that January 1 is when we have to start. When you can start right now. The year begins when you begin it. So I find that, you know, when I was younger, I needed friends. And I was looking for things to do and places to be. But now I'm older. I'm looking for some peace and (laughs) <laughs> and the more kids you have, the more, and the older they get, the more quiet you get because you can't tell them, run up here and get that, run in there, do that. You know what I mean? More peace and quiet, more peace and quiet. So Prince of Peace, what does Prince of Peace mean? Well, the word Prince is not uh, how we would think of a monarchy, you know, monarchy, monarchy. Get yeah, that way. right? So you have like the queen, the king, and so on, and so on, because we think of, how can Jesus be Prince of Peace if he's King of Kings? I'm trying to make you work that out. Well, what happened is, uh, Princess really is just an authority figure. It's just an authority name. It means chief. It means like commander, right? It's the same word used like when David had his mighty men and Joab was the commander of the army. So it means, you know, like commander, it means overlord, it means taskmaster, official ruler, all that stuff. So it just really is an authority figure, right? So Jesus is like a commander of peace. And what is peace? I may think peace is quiet. No, no, no. Peace is wellness. Peace is wholeness. Peace is calm. Peace is prosperity. That's the definition of peace. It's saying shalom. When Jews uh, greet each other, they say shalom, which means peace be unto you. But it's a complete peace, right? It's a complete peace. means peace in your body, peace in your mind, peace in your soul. It's a complete work. So if you and I have peace in one section, but not in another section, we don't have complete peace, but the intent of God and the covenant of God is for us to have complete and full peace. It also means favor. It also means favor. So when you're saying like, listen, in Psalm five, verse 12, and it says, you shall surround the righteous with favor, like a shield. That word favor also means peace. So when you're praying for peace, health, wellness, peace with God, all right, so he officiates our peace. I want you to turn to go to the Old Testament, go to the Old Testament. You're going to go to second Kings. You see all this power, it just keeps chipping in and out. Okay. So here it is. Ephesians 2, 14 says this, for he is our peace. Romans 5, 1 says being justified through faith, we have peace with God. So when Jesus Christ died on the cross and He reconciled us to God, He gave us a benefit package. Any of you have insurance? Yes. I used to have CHIP insurance. Y'all ever been on CHIP? What? Y'all ain't never been broke. Y'all ain't never been broke. Okay. CHIP, the child health care program, is the best insurance. Okay. Two dollars. Five dollars for emergency, two dollars for everything else. But you get these benefit packages when you have insurance, right? There are all these different pieces that you don't even pay attention to that you have. You only know about the copay. But then when you go there and they check your benefits, then you realize, oh, I don't have vision. Or, yeah, I do have vision. Or, you know, you find out, oh, I have this or that. There's a benefit package. So when Jesus Christ died on the cross and reconciled us to God, we have a benefit package. But many of us don't use our benefits. We work it out ourselves, and part of our benefit is peace. We're not supposed to live in chaos, and confusion, and anxiety, and stress, and pressure. That's why our bodies respond negatively to stress, and we get ulcers. It's saying this is not your place and space that you're supposed to be in, right? So Jesus is our peace. You're in the Old Testament yet? Good. All right, so let me tell you what had happened was. You ever heard those things, what had happened was? <laughs> okay, so what had happened was, in the last year, well, over the last year, and I have a few witnesses, I had to pursue peace. So I knew that a peace was a part of my benefit package. But man, things just, who happened. So let's start about mm, September last year. And I had gotten all these medical reports, back-to-back medical reports, just, you know, and I never, ever sick, really, so... To me, to even get a bad negative report was like, what? We don't do that. And so it was just all these different things that were coming back to back on these medical reports. I didn't know what to do with it, but keep going to the doctor and believe in my way. Because that was easier for me to handle because we had already believed for a baby. So I already knew God was a miracle-working God in my health. So that didn't even phase me. I was like, no, reject. No, reject. Sixth uh, one reject, the seventh one reject. I just rejected them all. I wasn't even emotionally moved. I wasn't afraid. I knew I'm going to live long. Like triple digits, healthy. One day I'm just going to be like, Lord, am I done? He's going to be like, you done? I'm going to be like, whoop. And I'm just going to slide on into glory. That's, that's my plan. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to have no pain, nothing. I'm just going to be like, done, finished the race. Well, so then some personal stuff started happening to me. Oh, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready, wasn't ready, wasn't ready. You know, and so my anxiety started going up. I didn't even know I had anxiety. Till something was too close to me. That was impacting me. When I tell you what, it could be like your spouse, it can be your kids, it can be, you know, your job, whatever really means something to you. And that thing just wasn't letting up on me. I mean, it was so bad that I mean, I spent so many hours in my prayer room just praying like, Lord, I know, I know how to do this. Why can't I find peace? Why can't I, I can't, why am I struggling? Why am I so anxious? Why am I so worried? Why can't I find, I could not get a grip on my mind. I'm telling you, I wanted to resign. I was like, not resign from life because I really like living. But I was like, listen, I don't want to preach no more. I don't want to write no more. I don't want to go to church no more. I don't want to do nothing. Just choose somebody else, pick somebody else. This is too hard. Hard. The price is much for me. I'm tired of saying yes. I don't want to say yes anymore. I don't want to pay this price anymore. I've given you everything and it's costing me all I got. I don't have nothing else. What more can I give you? I don't know what else I could give you. What do you want? This is me and God. And while I'm crying out to God, you know, my whole perspective of the situation is just, I am owning and I'm not going to win this fight. And then the devil was in my ear and he was challenging me. And he said, I'm going to make you wish you want to die. And I'm like, I'm not going to wish I want to die. And he's like, I'm going to make you wish you want to die. And I'm like, I'm not going to die. And I'm battling with this. I'm going, I have to find a way to win. I can't lose. But on the inside, I'm telling you, I had to go to speaking and engage. And try to get my brain walking up the stairs going, you're going to have to help me. Because I don't even want to be here with a full calendar. And my life is getting busier and busier and busier. And my help is going lower and lower and lower. And I'm just overwhelmed. This is last year. So then I went public. Because I was like, I need some help. So I went June this year. And I was uh, on vacation. And I started June 1. And I did a whole study on fear and anxiety. And I did it 31 days straight. And I said, Facebook, listen. If I'm going through it, you have to be going through it. I'm going to need some help. And man, we went through that thing 31 days, about seven, days seven, I started getting a breakthrough. About day 13, I was feeling my help come. But I had enrolled in counseling and I started going to counseling once a week, twice a week, three times a week. Whatever it was going to take for me to find some peace, I needed some help and I could not figure it out. And then I got a real breakthrough one day when Pastor Evan was preaching a message. And he said, it is not the situation, but your perspective of the situation that's got you going. And I said, what? I think this is going to kill me, but my perspective has to shift. I think I'm in the storm by myself, but my perspective has to shift. That thing cannot overcome me. I overcome it. And when my perspective shifted, something began to shift. God began to be able to speak to me where he couldn't speak to me before because I was focused on the circumstance and I wasn't focused on who was with me in the circumstance. So I don't know if you've ever been to that place. I don't know if you've ever been crying out for help and you have said every prayer, but I tell you something, perspective. So you in 2 Kings 4? You in 2 Kings? Did I tell you to go to 2 Kings? I did, didn't I? Alright, so 2nd Kings, let me summarize for you. So this was kind of this was kind of like amazing to me. Because I love all the Old Testament stories, right? So here's this Shunammite woman. And so the man of God used to pass by the way. And so she told her husband one time, Hey, let's make a room for him. You know, let's make a room for him. And he was old. So she had to be young. One of arrange arranged marriage kind of things. You know what I'm saying? So let me. I'm just kidding. Okay, so 2 Kings 4. <laughs> Woo! Alright, Second, <laughs> Second Kings 4. So she builds this little place for him, right? And so she's passing, and this is what she says to him. So we're gonna go to uh verse 13. And so Elisha says to Gehazi, Hey, she has been caring for us with all this care. What can be done for her? And what would you speak? da da, da Verse 14. And he said, What is to be done? And Gehazi said, well, she has no child and her husband is old. And when he said, call her, and when he had called her, she stood in the door. Verse 16. And he said to her, Elisha said to her, About this season, according to the time of life, you shall embrace a son. And she said, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Just stop right there. Don't promise me something and don't come through now. Don't say you got this and you don't. Don't promise me. She said, man of God, don't lie to me, man of God. And so he said, she conceived and she bare son at the time that Elisha had said, according to the time of life. So the word of God came through, right? Verse 18. And when the child was grown, it fell one day and he went to the father, to the reapers. He said, my head, my head. And he, he fell down and he died. Okay, she shut the door, verse 21, on the bed of the man of God and she shut the door and she went out. So verse 22, she's running to the man of God. Verse 23, okay, so she says, it shall be well. She's telling everybody, it shall be well, it shall be well, it shall be well. So we're coming back down here now to verse, um, verse 25, verse 26. So Elisha sees her from afar off, and he says to Gehazi, hey, go meet her. He says, run now, I pray you, to meet her and say unto her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? Right? Remember the child represents the promise. When God promised you something, sometimes that promise looked dead. When Joseph had a dream, he forgot it. Stuff happened and he just forgot it. There comes a time where it seems like your promise goes dormant. But just because it's dormant means it's being developed. It doesn't mean that it's dead. Right? So here it is. You know, she says, run now. Is it well with the child? And she answered, it is well. Maybe she didn't see that the child was dead. Maybe she didn't remember. Because she says in the situation, it is well. Her perspective of the situation was, he's not dead. It is well. And I'm going right back to the promise maker. I'm going right back to the person who declared this thing. I'm going right back and I'm going to tell him about it. And so it says, so, you know, he says, it's well. And so when she came to the man of God, she caught him by the feet. And Gehazi came near to push her away. And the man of God said, let her alone for her soul is vexed within her. How can you be in distress and still confess it is well? You see, we think that because we emotional feelings of anxiety and stress and pressure that we have to confess what we feel we feel that because we feel that kind of distress that we're out of faith if we're actually saying the word we feel we're being hypocritical but remember that Jesus in the garden, he had those feelings. The sweat was dropping like blood out of his pores. Yet he did not confess what he was feeling. He confessed what he was supposed to do. And that's the first thing is understanding your perspective in the situation. Is remembering that God made a promise made a promise unto you that he's faithful to complete it. Even when we are unfaithful, the Bible says in the New Testament in Peter, he is faithful because he cannot deny himself. Have I not said it? Will I not establish it? God says in Matthew that the impossible is possible with God. So whatever situation that you are in right now, you have to remember that even though it looks dead, it is well. So how did I get out of that? First place, perspective. When he said that message and I said, perspective, what's my perspective? What's my perspective? My perspective is I'm not believing the promise of God. I have forgotten what God has spoken over my life. I'm forgetting what God has spoken over my family's life. I'm forgetting what God has spoken over my prosperity life. So no, 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 no. I have to shift my perspective and remember what he has promised me. He said the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. He said, my children's children, I'm a, I'm a good person. They shall walk in the ways of the Lord. Me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. My children shall sit around the plants like olive trees. Oh, they shall be the righteous rooted down. Then he said to David on covenant and covenant and covenant, I will bless you and your children. So no, the devil doesn't get my children. The devil doesn't get my mind. The devil doesn't get my husband. The devil doesn't get my family. The devil doesn't get my money. No, because I have a word. I can say, God, you promised me that if I give unto you, men shall give unto me, pressed down, shaken together and running over. When my money looks strange, I can say, God, I'm a seed sower. You promised to open up the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing. You said, send now prosperity. I am the righteous. I am the blessed. I'm the blessed. Coming in, and I'm the blessed going out. I'm above only, and I'm not beneath. Whatever I sow, I shall reap. Lord, your word declares unto me that I shall never be broke again. Your word says, God, that if I give unto you, Lord, that you see my sacrifices and you will honor me. Oh, Nehemiah says in chapter five, God, see me for what I've done for these people. Bless me for what I've done for these people. So no, my perspective is I'm not backing down out of this. My perspective is I will not lose out of this, but I had to change my perspective in order to pursue peace, pursue peace. You don't stand up and wait for peace. You pursue peace. You run after it. You chase it. You find it. You locate it. And you only will locate it when you understand it's a benefit that you've got to have. Mark 4. Mark 4. Turn to the book of Mark. Oh, I see a lot of people can't sleep, I can't sleep. I see you all turning, I see you turning in your Oh my God, I see you turning in your beds and you're trying to figure it out and you're waking up in the morning just as tired as you went to bed because your mind won't shut down. Oh, who is that in here? Your mind's not shutting down. I see you, I see you, I see you. Oh my God, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we declare, we decree, God, according to your word, you said you would give your beloved good sleep. You said that we will lay down and not be afraid, that you will lead us beside still waters and green pastures. So in the name of Jesus, we rebuke torment. We rebuke that spirit of torment in Jesus' name. And we declare peace into their sleep from this day forward. In the name of Jesus, Satan, loose your hold. Panic and fear and stress and anxiety, loose your hold in the name of Jesus. And I declare and I decree peace. Are you in Mark 4, Mark 4? Turn to Mark 4, verse 35. So Mark four thirty five, and Jesus says, On the same day when the evening had come, he said unto them, Let us pass over to the other side. Let's pass over to the other side. So you already know that if he says, Let's pass over to the other side, he has the other side in mind. But many of us are on this side wondering how we're going to get to the other side. But if he said you're going to be on the other side, you're already going to make it to the other side. Whatever is between here and there don't matter. I'm still going to get over there. So Jesus, let's talk about Jesus and what he was doing up in this boat. So they sent everybody away, verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship that it was now full and Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said unto him, Master, don't you care that we die? And he got up. <laughs> you gotta wake up Jesus. It's like one the twin powers. Jesus activate. <laughs> Shape of peace. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Jesus had to wake up because you and I leave him dormant too long by talking to everybody else about the situation. we He's in the ship. He's in the storm. But we're doing everything but talking to Jesus. The song used to say, I just need a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about my troubles. Oh, but you see, we're talking to everybody. And we may be crying to him, but we're not activating him. Because we activate him by our prayers. Philippians 4 says what? Be not anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Make your requests known to God, and the peace of God will pass it all understanding. Will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So how do you activate Jesus in your storm? You wake him up. You wake him up with a word. You wake him up with your prayers, not your complaints. God is not moved by our complaints. God is not moved by our emotions. God is not moved by our circumstances. God never feels sorry for us. Because he has given us a complete benefit package. So why does he need to feel sorry for us when we just need to know what the package is about? He's moved by our faith. And we got to wake him up. John 14, 27 says this. Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world do I give to you. So let not your hearts be troubled. Let not, let not, let not, let, 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 permissive word, let. I let, I allow, I permit my heart to be troubled. I permit my heart to be afraid. That's on me. The enemy can come in however he wants. He can speak if he wants. It's up to me to listen to him. It's up to me to make him plant it in my heart. That's on me. He can knock on my door, but I don't have to answer. He can drive down my street. I don't have to open my gate. He can send me an email or a blurred picture in my DM. I don't have to download. It's up to me to let it happen. So in that state, even though I was on the spiritual attack, some of that was me. Some of it was the devil. Either way, I'm letting the devil beat me. Then I had to remember, Sarah, you don't let the devil beat you. You and the devil got a long standing history and he always lose. You have to remember. So perspective is the first thing. The second key is remembering the promise God gave you is permanent, even though your situation isn't. Your situation is temporary. The word that God gave you is permanent. You don't stand on the situation. You stand on the word. Number three. We're we about to close. Look at us. We're going to hurry early. Y'all can go to First Watch, eat y'all some food. <laughs> Activate the Prince of Peace by waking him up fourth listen to the word listen to the word i'm gonna show you a picture here they're gonna show you a picture uh you see that's just like a third of one of my walls in this prayer room when i was dealing with this anxiety and stress you see those people you're going to them you think it's mad people live there yeah so i have just scriptures all on the wall because i needed to see the word hear the word, feed the world touch the word, meditate on the word day and night, day and night day and night I had to get the word in until my anxiety left the more I meditated on my situation the less word had effect and impact the more I meditate on the word the less my situation has impact somebody's gonna eat and whoever I feed gets fatter Whoever I starve dies. So either I starve my anxiety or I feed my faith. But the two of them can't eat at the same time through one mouth. I can't feed two people with one mouth. So somebody had to eat. So I had to make a choice. All this pressure, all this anxiety I'm feeling is because I am feeding the end story that's contrary to God's story. I'm making up in my mind an alternate ending. You ever see those movies and they show you the alternate endings? This is a possibility. That's a possibility. Well, that's what our minds are doing. This is a possibility they're going to die. This is a possibility you're going to be broke forever. This is a possibility you're never going to get pregnant. This is a possibility you're never going to have peace. This is a possibility. How about the possibility of the word? And if I rewrite the script based on the script, then I felt my help come. Psalm 133 says, look to the hills from whence comes thy help. Thy help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. You have to know where your help come from. And when you're in a situation like that, when you're in a storm, and you want to activate Jesus, you have got to get the word on the inside of you. So man, I began to eat that word. I began to eat that word. I have about 50 scriptures up there, and I know them all. I had to put them on the inside. I had to know them like my name. I had to remember them like if I said, listen, sorrow, I answer. I had to answer to the word. So you want to get out of your anxiety and your stress? You don't have to do it like a madhouse like me, okay? I'm old school. I like to write things down. You may put it in your phone. Speak it. Speak, you have voice notes. Speak it into your voice notes. Get all your scriptures. Put them in voice notes and play it and play it and play it and play it. Listen to the word on YouTube. Listen to the word on the podcast. Amen. Amen. So the last thing was I had to then refocus on my assignment and not my attack. I have a plan here i didn't just happen chance roll up on the earth you know what i'm saying i have a real legit purpose <laughs> i have an assignment i have a job to do and i can focus on my attack or focus on my assignment and so in the middle of this this is oh, no, august because when june i was going you saw i told you i was on facebook going nuts okay so july i'm still going to counseling like you know Love me some counseling. Hey, I recommend it. I can tell him anything I want to tell him. He just sits there and just looks at me and let me self-analyze. It's amazing. It's a wonderful relationship we have. <laughs> Paid lots of money for it, but uh, hey. <laughs> and so I remember praying one time and, you know, God was talking to me about my assignment and, and um, I was focusing on my assignment. And that's when he, uh, he told me, he said, you're lazy. I said, I'm not, What? He told, didn't you tell me you were lazy this morning? I want to see at the gym. Oh, okay. (laughs) God told me I was lazy, right? And he was telling me that I was lazy and I could not fulfill the assignment on my life if I kept being lazy, right? So, another key, order brings peace. Order brings peace. When your desk is clean, you think better. When your car is clean, you're better. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> order, order, order. And so this was one area I did not have order in, how, how I was taking care of my body. So God told me I needed to work out. And so it's been four months and some change that I've been working out, and I found that because oh, somebody celebrating me. Look at you celebrate celebrate good times come on all right all right all right so or, so get things in order so i have uh, do that and when i started doing that it actually organized my mind and changed my entire pattern where i was going to sleep at 4 a.m my family can witness say yes family yeah, yeah. <laughs> i actually wake up at 4 a.m that's a whole shift so so my whole life has changed so i haven't been to counseling since i've been working out so kudos and kudos so i don't know where you are if you need some order in your life i don't know if you need to change your perspective i don't know if your word level is too low for the fight maybe you're trying to hit goliath with a pebble and you really need a stone. Maybe you're trying to climb up a mountain with a bicycle. Wrong tools. You don't have enough word to withstand the storm. Jesus is there. He's present. But if we don't activate peace, peace doesn't come. So I just wanted to pray for you you are on my mind this morning on, on peace. And I just remember the struggle I had with peace. I'm, I'm at peace now. Because I've activated these things in my life every day. I can't work out or not pray. I can't listen to the word and not read it. All of it. I have to do all of it to maintain and pursue peace. And when the enemy throw something, some kind of evidence to make me think something different. There's so much word on the inside of me now that I go, it's just a matter I can speak to the storm. Hold on. I don't have to wait for this storm while we go over to the other side. Hold up. I can tell this don't stop. I can declare peace because he's given me all authority. So where he's a prince of peace, he's a commander of peace. He's given me his authority. I am commanding my own peace. That means getting rid of people in my life. I'm commanding my peace. Mean block? Oh, block, block, block. Boy, I've been blocking. Boy, that block thing. It's like a rap. Blah, blah, blah. blah. I've been blocking everywhere, left, right, and center. I want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. I just don't want to talk to you. I'm not talking to you. Because I can let you let my heart be troubled. And I'm going to not let you. How about I block you so you, I don't let you? But this block ministry has been amazing. I suggest you try it. So if that's you this morning and you want me to pray for you because you've just been struggling with peace, just stand up and my best friend going to be over here, Erica. She's going to be singing. I wanted to sing, but Paula said no. And, um, so if that's you today we're just going to pray let, let her minister to you and I'll close it out with prayer Father, we just thank you for everyone here. And uh, thank you that you're standing in agreement, God. We agree for peace in a situation. You know every, every, every concern. Even the concerns we are too afraid to say out publicly. Even the concerns that God, even in your presence, we, we are afraid to even tell you about. But God, you know our hearts. You know the things that trouble us. And God, we surrender that to you today. We say in the middle of the storm, Lord, we won't leave you resting. But we come on to you and we say, God, we ask you to activate peace in our life. We ask you that the Prince of Peace and the Spirit of Peace will rule and reign in our houses, rule and reign in our hearts, rule and reign in our circumstances, and we let it go. And we say by faith, God, it is well with our soul. Because your word tells us in the, in the book of John, 1 John, Lord, that above all things, above all things, you want us to prosper. And that same word, prosper, means peace. So above all things, you want us at peace. And so God, we says, thank you, God, that our soul is at peace. We ask, God, that your spirit will run and reign in here, God, even as it did in the book of Genesis, where the world was in chaos and you just declared it and set it into order. So set our worlds into order right now in the name of Jesus. Bruce tells us if we declare a thing, God, that we can order our world. And so we set order into our lives. We set peace and calm. We'll not be frustrated or anxious or nervous or worried because we know who lives. (laughs) It says, because you live, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all my fears are gone. Because I know he holds a future. My life is worth the living just because he lives. Father, fix it. Do what you do best. Come in and calm the storm. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never Accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You cannot activate the Prince of Peace in your life. You cannot activate the Priest of God in your life if you're not covenanted and committed and connected to Him. So if you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior today or you need to recommit your life to Him, it's a great day to do that. Or you want to join Word of Truth Family Church. I want to give you an opportunity to do that. I'm going to count to three and ask that you just raise your hand real quickly. If that's you, just raise your hand right where you are. You want to accept Jesus for the first time. You want to recommit your life to him. Or you want to be part of this great church. One, two, three. Just slip your hand up. I won't ask you to come over here. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand. I see your hand here in the middle. Anyone else? I see your hand over here. Yes, I see your hand. I see your hand in the back. Well, let us pray. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I give you my life. I believe Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And on the third day, he rose again. Today, I call him my Lord and Savior. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.